Om Jnana Timurandasya Jnananjana Shalakaya Taksur Nautam Yena Tasmai Sri Gurave Namaha Sri Chaitanya Mano Bishtam Stapitam Yena Bhutale Sayam Rupakadamayam Tadati Sapranantikam Panchakalpa Turubhyascha Kripa Sindhu Vayevacha Patitanam Bhavanebhyo Vaishnavebhyo Namo Nama Sri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Sri Advaita Gadadha Srivasta De Gaur Bhakta Vrinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare Okay. So we have a lot to cover this morning, and we have a lot to cover for my subject. I've been teaching the Brihad Bhagavat Tamrita, and I wanted to see if I could cover the whole book knowing I probably won't even cover the first verse. <laughs> but I, I have a way of, of, of doing that. And, uh, but it, I, you know, it was really easy. I have a And I go to the first one on the line, I get through all that, you know, whatever it's security, TSA, and I sit peacefully. <clears throat> so it was a great trip. And Champak was here, and Mallory and Rossi. And then uh, and then we got to the next thing. It was real simple. And then when I got on the plane, because I, I get up really early every day. So I started reading and studying the Briya Bhagavatamrita, my Kindle. And then basically I fell asleep. But when you fall asleep on a plane, you never know you fell asleep <laughs> because you're always waking up. So you don't know you ever fell asleep. But evidently I did. And then it was time to leave. And I got my things. And then I, I, you know, I got in the aisle and I looked at the thing where you keep the stuff. And I said to myself, only fools leave stuff. <laughs> That's really what I thought in my mind. Only fools leave stuff. And then when I got here, I couldn't find my Kindle. Oh, no. That's okay. It's not a tragedy. It's, it's, and, uh, and then here, uh, they only have the second volume, and I, I was doing the first volume. But I did take some notes, and... I'm confident I could cover the subject, but also I wanted to introduce the retreat and discuss a little bit about its purpose. And this is what, when I make a, a retreat, this is what my objective is. My objective is, is faith. Give people faith because without faith, you don't move. You move to the extent that you have trust in your goal. And I love this definition of, of faith that was given by this Christian apologist. He's the, you know, like a saintly person, Alvin Plantinga. You ever heard of him, Jai? He's like the, he looks like Prajumna, you know, the kind of, he's like the, and, and he's the one when, when in, in a conversation, when they asked him, is God as a person, he gave the best answer I ever heard. He's not less than a person. It's such a beautiful answer for people. He's not less than a person. And when he defined faith, it was completely in line with what Prabhupada said, but gave such a deep understanding and meaning what faith is. He said, faith is trust by experience that's what faith is in other words why are we here why do we sit up and meditate why do we perform any austerities in any endeavor because we trust 
in the goal. And in bhakti, trust in the goal is based on some experience of the goal. It's called religious experience. There's some type of connection with God that opens your heart that makes you feel that this is a goal that's worth the sacrifice. I remember one time I was in Vrindavan and it was so austere. You know, I was, we used a common bathroom, right? Here I am, I'm like 50 years old or something. And I'm next to Burijan and there's no heat and there's no hot water. And you know how it is. You have like a gumsha on it, a gumsha over your shoulders to keep warm in the freezing winter. And then you had to go into a cold shower. And I'm brushing my teeth. And Borijan's brushing my teeth. And I'm looking at Borijan. This person could have been like a top professor. And I would have been a, a top lawyer in New York City. Two Jews. <laughs> we would have been top. I guarantee it. If I went into that field, you know, and here we are, 50 years old, we don't even have our own bathroom, <laughs> right? And I said to him a line from comedian, uh, famous Laurel and Hardy, you know, I just said to him, hey, you don't know, but it's a, this is another fine mess you got me into. <laughs> but why? Why did we do that? Because we had faith. We had faith that that whatever is coming to us in that process is is worth it. And, and the way that you really get faith in bhakti is practice. And practice is defined in the Yoga Sutras as concentration. The four things, concentration over a period of time without break and in the right conception or mood. And when you do that, you get experience. It's the same thing with japa. If you sit there and it's like, oh, this is difficult. Oh, this is difficult. And you don't, you know, and you don't make the effort to concentrate. There won't, of course, it's Krishna's mercy and he withdraws sometimes to make us go further, even deeper. There's so many things happening, but basically that's the principle. And, and that's why. Days like Akadasi are, are really important. You know, it's a day where you concentrate on Krishna. And that's why retreats are so important. Now, now I remember when, when the, the Raghunath was first coming a devotee and he went into the, the, you know, so he visited, I was at my mother's or something, he visited me with the shelter band. No, it was someplace else. And, uh, he was in anxiety because it's not conducive to spiritual life to be in a hardcore band and stay up till two o'clock in the morning and then pack in a van with, with five other guys and drive 12 hours across the country. And then he asked Borijan for advice because Borijan is such a great mentor. And Borijan said retreats. Retreats. Because at least there's a period of time where you can, you can concentrate. And, 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 you know, and if they're done properly, it's not even your feeling that you're performing austerities. But still, you're up, there's Japa, there's Mangalartik, there's Japa. You know, before you know it, you've gone through four or five hours. There's a class in the morning. You relax a little bit. You start again in the evening. And there's experience. It's Madhavatiti Bhakati Janani. The days of Lord Hari give birth to devotion. And, and, and birth is a very interesting thing. Something's not there and then it's there. Something's not there and then it's there. That's what birth is. Gives birth to devotion. There's something that's going on, but there's a moment that it happens and it's profoundly different than before. And that's the same thing with, 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 um, these kind of retreats, there's some um, experience. And that experience is your goal, your objective, or your faith. Prabhupada said it very simply. Faith means unflinching trust in something sublime. It's your trust in where your sublimity will be. And you'll need that faith. 
because as Krishna is trying to direct you and change your consciousness by how he moves the world around you, there's so many things that may come to you. He may give, he may withdraw. It's like a whole, he has this whole plan. God is focused on us. That's what karma is. Karma is God is focused on us and he's moving the world around us for us. And he's not only moving it around externally, he's moving it around internally because karma is also internal feelings. And, and to get through that, to get through what you need, you have to have faith. You have to have some faith or trust. And it's so important to get that faith and, 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 and renew that faith. So I think these, these retreats are very important for that reason. And they have different elements. I mean, the element of mind is mostly experiential. I, I call it bhakti ras, generally. And there's a bhajan that puts you in the mood then you're hearing the philosophy and stories of Krishna. And then you then you have the kirtan at the end. We always do kirtan at the end where you can put the experience into the name. And that's the traditional chanting was not just chanting the Hare Krishna mantra. It was chanting bhajans first, that were poems. And, and it used to look at Lord Chaitanya's example. The whole idea was chanting Hare Krishna. Because when you have some bandha with that name, you feel it. You get that experience. You get that faith. You feel it. But you feel it according to your absorption. And our connection with the object of meditation is not just intellectual. It's some bandha. But to increase the relationship, you hear the stories of the person whose name you're chanting. You sing the songs of the person whose name you're chanting. You worship the form of the person whose name you're chanting. And then you get, that was Lord Chaitanya. It was the holy name. But to chant the holy name, there was a whole process. But even Lord Chaitanya, to increase his sambandha, to increase his relationship. Because there's nothing that creates absorption and faith by that connection of, of love and sambandha and relationship. So that's basically... And then there's such an important educational element in retreats, you know, because aham sarvasya prabhavo vatas sarvam pavartate iti bhutva vajanteva I am the source of the material and spiritual worlds. The wise who know that engage in my devotional service. Sambandagyan or metaphysical knowledge is 80% of the Srimad Bhagavatam. And the and, and Bhaktivinoda Thakur called it Siddha Pradesh, instructions that give perfection. And he gave the example, when you look for a treasure, you have to know how to dig and you have to know the value of what you're getting. But the most important thing is where is the treasure? You don't know where the treasure is, then the process to get it and the experience of it are useless. So it's the same thing with our philosophy. So I like in the retreats also that there's a good education. And I, I don't know what Jai is specifically going to teach, but I I, I I spoke with him and I, I he's really focused now on what is the most practical aspects of Krishna consciousness that people have to unravel because they don't get anywhere if they do it. So it's nice. And the recreational aspect is also nice to relax the tensions of the world. So now I'm going to, the Brihad Bhagavatam Rita, this is my first time trying that in this way, I've been teaching it every day. I'd like to kind of cover the whole first book. And, uh, you know, you can always extract more and more general and general and general. But I, I'd like to start with the purpose of the book. And the purpose of the book starts before the book is written. And it's not in the book. It's in the book, but not in the book. 
it starts with Sanatana Goswami because he has an objective. And we know the story of Sanatana Goswami. You know, very instructive. Lord Chaitanya is preaching. Although he was petite pavana, he was to give to everyone. What was his strategy to do that? His strategy was to speak to the most influential people. So who are the eight people that Lord Chaitanya preached to, or six? Raghunath Das Goswami, the son of the richest man in West Bengal. Prakasananda Saraswati, the chief Mayavadi in Varanasi. Sarvabhoma Bhattacharya, the most influential logician in the country. Gopal Bhatta, the son of the the, the son of the head priest of the biggest temple in the country, Rupa and Sanatan, the chief minister and home minister. It was just Rupa Goswami of a country. Of a country. And that's like, this is who it, and of, of, see, you can go off that. It's just Rupa Goswami's disappearance day. Lord Chaitanya was on his way to Vrindavan, but he didn't go to Vrindavan. He went to Rambakali first. You want to go to Vrindavan, you got to go to the Bridgebasis first. Even Lord Chaitanya set the example. And who are the Bridgebasis? Rupa and Sanatan, Rupa Mandri and Lavanga Mandri. And when, and, and, and in fact, when the Nawab Hishan Shah, there was some story he heard about these people. We can't imagine the material qualification of Rupa and Sanatan Goswami. It's just, it's, it's a different level. When you actually meet like someone who has a samskar, like a South Indian Brahmin, like Hari Parshad, you know, like, the, the, and, and it's, you know, the, the, and one who practices the, the, the abilities they have and what to speak of materially, and so anyway, they become devotees. And then Lord Chaitanya, he gives them the tattva. He gives them the tattva and the mission. I like Lord Chaitanya's preaching. Preach to others and let them do the work. It's my icon for lazy intelligence. <laughs> it's like I, could get, I like empowerment, but it's all motivated. I don't want to do any work. <laughs> Find people who can do it, inspire them. I had a principle. I once wrote a book called uh, The No-Minute Manager. There was a famous book that was going around this guy. It was a famous book called The One-Minute Manager. So I made a thing, The No-Minute Manager. And I was contacted by the, I, it was a joke. I was contacted by the ISKCON Minister of Management. <laughs> but I had one principle. Don't do anything that someone else can do. That's one of my principles. I had 10 principles. Don't do anything that someone else could do. And, and so Lord Chaitanya, so Sanatan Goswami, he, he gave him this Sanatan Siksha, this instruction. And in that instruction, I don't have the book here, I may get it today, but in the very first verse, there's a term that indicates what his mission is and how difficult that mission was. And, and this is, and the term is, and I remembered it, I think I have is Parama Desha Anti. <clears throat> Desha, initially I thought it was Dasa, but it's Desha, it's a different word. Dasha means stage. So what stage? What does Parma mean? The top, supreme. And what does Anti mean? Anta, the end. So this is his mission. It's the supreme end. It's the supreme end stage that he has to give. And this is an incredible mission. Because who is he giving the supreme it's amazing the strategy he comes up for this. 
He's empowered. How is he going to do this? Because what what is the supreme ultimate stage? It's ultimately going to be basically the love of the gopis. This is the topmost stage. And, and, and who is Lord Chaitanya? He's the one who's come to give this to the world. And there's a verse by, I think it's by Idrupa or, or, or Raghunath. Anarpita, never before given, Trim Churat, for a very long time. Anarpita, Trim Churat, Krunaya, Batir Nakalo, in this Kali Yuga. Why out of a, a very long time? Because how often does Krishna appear? Appears once in a lifetime of Brahma. What is that? Like a hundred times four million three hundred thousand? It's a pretty long time. So for and that's why when Lord Chaitanya wanted poetry, he was desperate for poetry to support his devotion. He was desperate for that as part of the process. He needed devotional poetry that suited his mood to inspire him. It wasn't written by anyone. No one had written it. People were writing it and they, they were checking it out. They, they Look, they, Lord Chaitanya, they wanted to please him. So what about this poetry? And so such a long time. Samarpi Uttam, he's given Unatoj Vala Rasam, this brilliant Rasa or, or or affection for Krishna, Swabhakti Swam, which is his own the, 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 bhakti, his own feelings. And this is very, very difficult thing to do. And how difficult it is, it's something that Krishna himself has a difficulty understanding. <laughs> Because what he's giving is his love of himself. Who is Lord Chaitanya? It's Krishna taking taking the form and ecstasy, taking the, the, the form and mood of his top devotee to experience his own ecstasy. Krishna wanted experience the ecstasy of himself from, from his topmost devotee. And when Krishna is, when Krishna was, when Krishna was experiencing, when, when, from the perspective of the devotee, because when Krishna was experiencing that ecstasy of Radharani, that love of Radharani, he just thought, and, and the gopis, the Pariyama, I can't repay you. This is so high, I can't repay you. So Krishna himself is exalting this. And now here's Sanatana Goswami. Give it to the world. I remember one time, again, Borges has so much wisdom, I quote him a lot. But he gave something on Prabhupada's disappearance festival, a slideshow. And it started with, I think it started with maybe New York. And then it showed the size of New York to the planet Earth. It's like a little spot. And he said, this is amazing. Then he showed the planet Earth to like Jupiter. And the planet Earth to Jupiter is like, just like a speck. And this, and he said, this is amazing. Then he showed Jupiter. He showed Jupiter to the. He showed Jupiter to the universe. It's like a speck. This is amazing. And then the universe to the galaxy. This is amazing. And then you know, at the end of the galaxy, there was like you know the galaxy to to Radha Krishna, right? You know, the culmination in, in, in Goloka Vrindavan. And this is amazing. Then he shows a picture of 26 Second Avenue and describes that Prabhupada was giving this to these people. <laughs> and he said, that's the most amazing thing. <laughs> so 
So Sanatan Goswami, he has to give this to the devotees. In, in other words, he has to give this to us. It's his mission. And it's practically an impossible thing to do. It takes so much realization to take such a concept and such a subject and explain it to people who have little frame of reference to understand it. That's why Prabhupada said realization means the ability to communicate. Because when you communicate, what you have to do is you have to consider not just what you understand, you have to you have to accommodate how what the language is that the people understand. You can't just repeat, like they say, like a parrot, what you've learned and have people understand. You have to look at the audience. And therefore, you have to do this thing of take this thing that you think you understand, and then you have to reshape it and reform it to accommodate the frame of reference of the audience without losing the meaning. And what does that mean? It takes such a depth of understanding to do that. And we see what happens when people don't have realization. They keep it in the same form, even though no one can understand it. And I give the classic example of, I came into Krishna consciousness. I didn't have a lot of realization and I'm trying to explain it to my mother. So I explained the truth to her. My son, my son, you're not my mother and I'm not your son. I've had many mothers. Which mother are you? I, I, I explained the truth. But the truth wasn't understood because I didn't have realization. So what do you do when you get this task that's beyond your capability? It's really the essence of bhakti because we have to understand Utsaha nistya darya. Why do you have to be patient in Krishna consciousness? Why is that a virtue? Because if you think that it's cheap, you haven't understood God. If you have a philosophical, theological conception of God, I'm a devotee now. God, what does God mean? It's so far beyond any effort we can to obtain it. Because if it can be bought by our effort, it certainly must not be that valuable. So there has to be patience. And that patience attracts God. Just like chanting the holy name, we can't think by our lips and tongues we create God. But we can attract God. And that's what bhakti means. It means attracting God. So bhakti, that's why bhakti is the path of grace. You have to have grace. And grace comes by attracting grace. That's why humility is so important. Because you really have to admit that there's something way beyond you. And you have to beg for it. And that's the process of bhakti. So how is Sanatana Goswami going to achieve this objective? I, I, I actually took a note. I'll read now if I can find it, which will, it's really interesting. It's, um, it says something about prayer that I just thought, um, I will find it. I don't like to stop like this, but I'm so close. Um,
Hmm. Here it is. Srila Sanatan Goswami wants the mercy of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and therefore glorifies him in this verse. So the way the, the method of getting mercy is prayer. Because what prayer does, it first of all puts you in a condition where you can realize mercy. Without humility, you can't realize mercy. When you're entitled, you never see things as kindness. So how can you how can you realize mercy if you if you have pride? So you have to be humble, like a child. A child may get mercy from his parents, but if he's entitled, he never feels it. He never feels kindness. And also, not only can feel it, but it's what attracts mercy. Mercy flows, kindness flows where there's a legitimate need. And when that need is recognized, it attracts mercy. Like when there's a beggar, right? And if you have the attitude, oh yeah, you know, he, you know, he has so much money home, it's all scam, it's like this. It doesn't invoke your kindness. When you see someone really destitute, it brings out your heart. And I learned this in a very interesting way. One time I went to India in the middle of the summer because a disciple of mine was so kind that her friend was dying of cancer. It's a whole story. She gave up everything. She gave up everything to take care of her friend, her education, her relationships, everything. And wound up then in Vrindavan. And then she said, you know, can you come and, and support me? So I went. But at the same time, someone gave me a job to do in Lloyd Bazaar, Mr. Summer. So I went to Lloyd Bazaar and I'm sitting with the shopkeeper. And he says, would you like a drink? And I know what they mean because these people have more money than God but they don't spend anything except on a wedding. <laughs> Otherwise they never spend any money. They spend quarter million dollars. One shopkeeper told me a quarter million dollars on a wedding, but there's, they don't spend anything otherwise. So I knew he was going to give me water, squeezed lemon and some sugar, but I'm a greedy person. And at that time, it was the first time in the history of India that like carton fruit drinks came and there was this fruit drink called the fruity and I was like we I was I wanted a fruity <laughs> so I wouldn't settle for the nimble. now you're seeing you're listening to me you see what a rascal I am so I wanted a fruity said, so you get me a fruity, two fruities I want two fruities <laughs> says, okay the shop goes he goes and he gets me these fruities and it's hot and it's cold mango drink, the ultimate ecstasy. Bobby, <laughs> we'll go for the juice wallet today. I'll show you. So I started taking the fruity and a beggar came to the store, a kid like 14 to 13 years old. And I can only see him from the chest up. And he went like this. Oh. And, you know, I'm from New York. You know, we, we don't do welfare stuff like they do in England or Australia. You know, we say, why don't you go get a job? <laughs> right? We don't do this welfare stuff. Right? Why don't you get a job? It's the samskar, right? <laughs> so I, I just went like, oh, my God. I want this fruity so much. And it's so inauspicious that someone is begging. Right? So I went, no. I'm like, leave me alone. <laughs> and it worked and he left. What happens when he walks, more and more of his body becomes revealed. So when I looked that he was turning the corner, I could see he was completely destitute. Practically that his clothes were rags. 
And then I felt, oh my God, the ugly American comes to Lowy Bazaar. Let me give him my fruity. Disappeared. But what I realized is what mercy is. It gave me a point, point about mercy. He didn't earn that. But he attracted it by his need. So that's why when we say mercy, everything's by mercy. It's not that you do nothing. And think, oh, if everything's by mercy, why should I work? But your work is, is expressing your need. That's the work of bhakti. We express our need. And by expressing our need, Krishna is a person. Prabhupada said Krishna doesn't have the defect of impersonality. We attract Krishna. We have a need, but unless we're humble and we can express that need. So this is really what prayer is about. Prayer is about expressing our need. And it it, 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 facilitate, it it puts us in a condition where we can feel mercy and we can attract mercy. So what does Sanatana Goswami do? What does Sanatana Goswami do when he knows he has this task, which is beyond him? He begins to pray. And who does he pray to? Everyone. I remember I knew this one sadhu and he was he was in an institution and he was working very hard and he wasn't getting time for his bhajan and these things. So he blooped, you know, that we call bloop, you leave. But sadhus, it's like a high class bloop. It's like not blooping to the material world, he blooped to Govardhan. <laughs> and he told me, every time he read the Bhagavatam, he cried. Every time he saw his sadhu, he cried. So the, people who want mercy, they start, they become desperate and they offer prayers. So who does he pray to? He prays to Radharani, he prays to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he prays to Krishna, he prays to Govardhan, he prays to Jamuna, he prays to the Holy Name, he prays to Prema Bhakti. And he just keeps on praying and praying and praying. It's like a, it's like a magnet. God is like like metal, and we're like our magnet is our, our prayer, our need, our, and, and it's our humility. It's our humility that the whole process of bhakti, understanding that we're not independent, that there's a supreme Lord. Oh, actually, today is going to be Balaram. So I'm going to speak a little bit on Balaram. But Balaram is, what, what is it? Ekubahu Sham. The one became many. What's the many for? It's for this ultimate reality of service. The ultimate reality of service, which is the expression of love. And for everyone to swim in that. So for that to be, there must be one. Otherwise, there's competition. God takes the position. But it, it, it attracts God's mercy and, and enables God to see that this person has the realization to communicate bhakti. Because unless you have that humility, you can't understand the absolute truth because the absolute truth is meant to be served. And if you don't have that mood, you don't understand the absolute truth. The mood to be, so he prays and he prays. Actually, this book, Briyat Bhagavatamrita, it's the first book of Lord Chaitanya's mission, I believe. It's the first book. Sanatana Goswami, he's got the me. He, right, that, it's to communicate this. And all other books come from this. 
So he prays and he prays. And then what happens? Chaitanya Deve. It comes by Chaitanya Deve, which is Chaitanya means a life force or God in the heart or Chaitanya externally, the mercy of Lord Chaitanya, the external manifestation of God is Guru Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And then he gets this amazing realization. How am I going to communicate this? Because what he's got to communicate is the Bhagavatam, but he's got to communicate it. And there's one way to communicate the Bhagavatam that's in 12 cantos. But he wants to make something more condensed to get out the message. And then when he gets out that message to people, then they'll study the Bhagavatam. It's, it's like that in Krishna consciousness. Really, the Bhagavatam study is for people who accept, you know, basically they're devotees and they want, that's the real function of the Bhagavatam. It's, it, it, it distribute books, attract people. Prabhupada wrote them in a way to do that. It, it's a very unusual. One time I did this academic conference. I used to have it every year for about 10 years. And of, of young devotees, I organize it. We have about, from that, we have about seven professors from people who had just bhakti, you know, in the ashram, they were going out to the, now they were leaving the brahmacharya ashram. I put them all together and I made this group in this conference. And we have um, professor of philosophy in Boston, professor of Sanskrit in Brown University, program director of the Yale School of Sacred Music, a professor of philosophy of ethics in North Carolina, professor of philosophy of science in, in uh, University of Florida and, 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 and others. So we had Pradyumna come. We had Pradyumna come. And Pradumna was always great. He was Prabhupada's Sanskrit scholar. You were fortunate to serve him. You were fortunate to serve him. And you can't predict what a scholar will say because they don't have an ideology of their own. It's Shastra. It doesn't filter through what you normally would think, which is your experiences in the world that you project on the philosophy. A real scholar it's it's no ideal. You don't put it. He's not a conservative. He's not a liberal. He's not the. It. So he's always independent, and it would surprise you. So one person made a, a a presentation. One person made a presentation, how. And you would think Pradhuma would support it, how, gurus have to be theologians. So you would think Pradhuma would support that. And he gave the whole thing. And then I kind of felt uncomfortable, but I had to play a role as the senior person, not opposing my authority, you know, to dampen the independence of academic spirit. But they knew when I was angry. <laughs> but I would have to control myself. But then Perduna said, no. He said, no, Guru doesn't have to be a theologian. He has to have a depth of sambandha again. And then he then he said, and he said, that was Prabhupada's secret. If you look at Prabhupada's purports, he put sambandha again in every purport. Put sambandha again, the basic. So you have that. So he has to, anyway, Sanat Goswami has to do this. And he gets this incredible realization. And the realization he gets, it's an amazing realization. How is he going to do this? Give the essence of the Bhagavatam, which is Paramadasha unto, give the essence of the Bhagavatam, but communicate it the way that people can understand it. And then he, he, he has this, this revelation because he's a scholar, that there was a time when 
Jaimini Rishi was instructing Maharaj Prickett's son, Janame Jaya. And he was teaching the Mahabharata. And when he finished teaching the Mahabharata, Janame Jaya was absolutely amazed because it was a different thing than, than Vaishyapayani, the Mahabharata we live. And what, how can it be different if it's the same book? Meant for different audiences. <laughs> so the same message, meant for different audiences, emphasizes different things. It's the same book. But what did this emphasize? It was practically the Bhagavatam because it emphasized Krishna's position, not just as the friends of Pandit, but something more intimate. This is what was written. Jaimi Mahabharat is by contrast a purely devotional scripture in sublime level of Vyasadeva's masterpiece, the Srimad Bhagavatam. So he gave a Mahabharata that was on the level of the Bhagavatam. And when you hear the Bhagavatam after reading everything else, that sweetness of those relationships with Krishna, it's just something special in, in a philosophical sense. When you actually come that after all this study and all this analysis, that the ultimate reality is love the ultimate reality is this energy between the soul and god which is just so sweet and then when you hear that and you're qualified to hear that it's like wow so jenna jaya said i'm blown away this is just something I've never heard before. And what I want you to do, he asked his guru very humbly, just do me a favor and give what's called a kila. A kila is kind of like a condensed version. I want a condensed version. It's just like the, 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 the Mahabharat, not the one that he heard. The condensed version is called Harivamsa. And it may, it may just be a, a story in a different I want the condensed version. So he thinks, Jaimini Rishi thinks, well, that is this condensed version. You know what the condensed version of the second Mahabharata is? It's the Brihad Bhagavatamrita. <laughs> the Brihad Bhagavatamrita is a condensed version of the second Mahabharata that's as that is on the level of Vyasadeva's masterpiece, the Srimad Bhagavatam. And then he tells the story that what this was, or what this is, what the Spirit of Bhagavatamrita is, it's Maharaj Parikit's summary of the Bhagavatam to his mother. It's a summary of it to his mother. Because at the end of his life, he finishes the Bhagavatam, and then what are you supposed to do? What, what do you, what's the goal of the Bhagavatam? You have all this understanding. Bhakti Yogena Manasi, Samyak Pranayatema, without any distraction, you focus on God. Like Bhishma Dev. What, what, you know, that person who spoke on so many subjects, fought in so many values, then he focused his consciousness on God. So that's the purpose. The purpose is the concentration and the focus that comes from the inspiration. So Maharaj Prick was just ready now. He heard the Bhagavatam, what is the duty of a man who's about to die and what should he not do? And he's just ready to just completely intensify his focus and what happens his mother comes they have no 
uh, generally with mothers. There's no logic. <laughs> like when my mother was asked when she went to play Mahjong, what's your son's philosophy? Her answer was, he's not the Pope, he's like a cardinal. <laughs> he's not the Pope, he's like a cardinal. It, it has absolutely <laughs> nothing to do with it. So there's, there's something that just doesn't kind of connect out of the, the emotion. It just completely clouds any intellectual discussion because they're focused on something else, the love of their child or the, whatever it is. So his mother comes, but his reaction is, was two things, matri vatsalam. It's very interesting. He's all detached, but still out of affection for his mother. It doesn't mean at the highest platform, still out of affection for his mother, who's a devotee, a great devotee. And um, he said, Prashna Madhuri Mukara Krita. I'm inclined to speak because Madhuri, it's Madhuri Mukara Kata. It's Kata that's sweet from the mouth. So I'm inclined to speak about this. Um, um, I'm inclined to speak about it. And then, but he has a short time. So now again, this is Marge Prickett. How do I take this? And when you're condensing something, you can't work, you know, it, it's... It, all the preliminaries. <laughs> you have to get really to the end. That's the, the whole Bhagavatam is actually that. It's the Vedas and Buri, Burini, Karmani. There's so many works. There's so many things. You know, tell me what the ultimate absolute good is. So that's a concept. It's a concept that sometimes for easier understanding, in a particular circuit, you have to get right to the goal. So then he begins to speak the Brihad Bhagavatamrita. That's the introduction. And now we'll hear the story of Brihad Bhagavatamrita. Okay. Now in our rasa, Jaya, this is like a, a, a not the best harmonium, but the main instrument is the voice. Let's do some kirtan for that 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Okay, now that you have some bhav, Put it into the, right, where is our drummer? He left? Yeah, the whole purpose was to be here for this. Oh, ask, uh, no, ask one. Uh, where's the drummer? Okay, he's coming. Okay. <laughs> 